0: Three straight winners on three straight shows. We are rolling on the Pick and Power Hour, and we're back. It's an ugly game coming up on Thursday, but no problem for us. We're going to find a way to get you winners. This is the Player Profiler Pick and Power Hour brought to you by Underdog. Welcome back to the Player Profiler Pick'em Power Hour. We're your host, Ahan Rungte, Trevor Tipton, uh, back from a week eight that was uh, probably our most successful overall on the show. Um, we uh, got a winner from you, Trevor, uh, In at uh, Jesus, four at the end of week seven. We got a Sunday winner from you, uh, and then we brought that right into week eight. Uh, we got Back in the wind column uh, with our collab uh, with Dalton Kincaid and Rashad White. And we talked about that last week. Uh, And then I finally picked the right ones on Sunday. Uh, It it finally happened. If you don't have the underdog pick generator, uh, you could get that in the DFS Dominator, which is currently only $85 for the full package. And you could go to the DFS Dominator on playerprofiler.com and head over to the underdog pick generator part of the DFS dominator and get early leans for Sunday. Um, and this week we went eight and five on those leans and most of the green check marks were by you, but I flipped, I flipped the script this week and I actually picked my greens for the show, uh, which was cool with Devonte Smith. Um, and uh, all that green at the bottom, a lot of that is you uh, shout out feeling you, you, you picked him as well. Um, what were your general thoughts uh, on the week? Uh, any takeaways you had?
1: Uh, Mahomes getting sick was the bummer for us. Uh, right. Like it was, I think we're in a really good spot if Mahomes doesn't get sick there. It showed in the game. He looked off. KC looked off. I think multiple players were sick. Uh, and they have to be to not be able to throw on that Denver team because I was sure sick watching that. Um, no, <laughs> knowing how that went. Um, this is a weird week last week. Uh, The Eagles continue to look really good. That was impressive to see. Um, Obviously I'll let you talk about uh, our rookie QB debut. Uh, Overall, you know, we're continuing to see players. uh, Some of the players are who we think we are. Uh, And then, you know, injury, Mageddon season continues, right? We lose cousins for the season now who he, you know, Jordan Addison was starting to ball out. So that was kind of depressing. I mean, like that they traded for dobbs but i don't know that dobbs is better than Keenum. i actually think Keenum for fantasy is a better option than dobbs in my opinion but i mean six in one hand half dozen in another like there's a really much difference at this point in their careers um so but again lots of injuries um an okay trade line great trend deadline for my niners uh, we again to school the Bears on draft picks. Like, they give up. I mean, Montez is great. That's what you want a second-round D-lineman to be, but they give up a second, and we get Chase Young for a third. Uh, You cannot draft uh, unless it is just a very big outlier. I, I'm actually going to do this. I'm, now I'm going to look. But could you go draft a player like, Chase Young. Has there ever been a DN like that drafted in the third round of the NFL? I don't know if there has been.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's been completely opposite, uh, you know, emotionally for us uh, watching this season as fans, because I'm a Patriots fan and it doesn't get more frustrating than watching the worst offensive line in football, coupled with the worst wide receiver group in football, coupled with a coaching staff that lives in the 17th century. So I'm happy for you. You know, you see that uh, the, the crying underneath the smiling mask meme. I'm happy for you. Um, you, you you can stack up more uh, more on that 49ers roster. But trade deadline-wise, I think I want to tie back in to the Kansas City Chiefs since they disappointed us uh, with the, the passing yards last week. Nothing you could do. You can't predict that Mahomes was sick. I want to point out that Mahomes still actually played well, I mean, relative to the average quarterback. But it's Patrick Mahomes, so we expect him to pull everything out of you know what. Um, but I want to bring up that I'm gonna I'm gonna do a short thread on the trade deadline later tonight. Um, if you're listening to this later. This is this is Wednesday. That so none of his
1: receivers on. can catch, and it, it actually cost us our higher because he still yeah. had 250 yards when they dropped exactly. a zillion balls.
0: Exactly. So so he got still got to the 250s. We needed 276, and Sky Moore dropped what would have been a touchdown, which would have gotten us to the 276 to end the game uh, effectively. And that summarized to me why I think this may be the year. And it it sounds weird to say that I'm quote-unquote counting out Patrick Mahomes. I am shocked that they were passive at the trade deadline because the fact that they didn't go out and get a receiver that's not Rashi Rice or Travis Kelsey that is at least – league average the fact that they didn't add some kind of help is alarming to me uh and we saw in that game a couple weeks ago i said on wake and take that you might see the you know the chiefs lose outright to a divisional opponent like the chargers and that will prompt them to go get a receiver because it'll be a wake-up call that this offense is about as poor as it can be in a roster where you have travis kelsey and patrick mahomes right They've, they've constructed about as bad of an offense as you can, given that you have those two guys. And I was a little early on the, the Chargers upset call, but we got the Broncos upset, right? And to me, it's very alarming that they didn't add more help. And personally, I think the Bills and the Ravens, now that the trade deadline has passed, those two are in a class of their own in the AFC. Um, and I think one of them will face your, your 49ers in the Super Bowl. But that, that that's, that's looking very far ahead. We're here to talk pickems. We're coming off this plus 500 winner uh, from last week. It's uh, you know I I covered some ground right with I've been behind uh, with these winners, but a 5x payout one will certainly help chip away um, uh, at this. So uh, shout out to the Cowboys, by the way, who've only played in one normal game script all year long, despite the huge blowout. Um, we still got the Puka Nakua lower. Um, and then shout-out the, the Eagles as well against the Commanders' sorry-ass secondary. Uh, so we're, we're coming off that winner. Um, and we're about to talk week nine uh, and everything that, you know, we need to talk about in this ugly-looking game. Uh, shout-out to Chef T-P-D, uh, B, TPDTB, who has been joining us in chat the last few shows. We're ready to win some money today. And uh, it involves a rookie that may have been the number one storyline of week eight uh the sunday slate uh but before that before we get into this slate find some winners let's hear a word from the podfather.
2: now as we at player profiler have become a full-blown machine learning company the crowning achievement has to be the injury finder we're now taking bmi data and injury history data and assigning a probability that a player is injured on any given touch and not only can you see a player's fragility rating their injury risk We also have analysis from professional physical therapists breaking down all the major players that underwent surgery last year and what their rehabilitation looks like heading into 2023. There's a tool to compare players as a database where you can say, show me all the foot injuries, show me all the severe injuries, show me all the injuries requiring surgery. It provides you the key market intelligence to know what is the difference in probability that player X versus player Y will miss games this year. It's great for fantasy football, and it also just satisfies your curiosity as a fan. Go to the app store, go to Google Play, download it. It's five bucks every year just to reload the latest injury predictions and fragility ratings. Twenty twenty three data is live now. Open your phone and get smarter.
0: We are back on the Pick and Power Hour, where we are. We talked about some Week Eight winners. We talked about the Chiefs. Uh, Jeff says, "I hope the Chiefs aren't going to start doing to Green Bay uh, what." With- green Bay did to Aaron and send him out of here with worse and worse talent. My, my, my take is that they're going to, they're going to figure it out next year and they're going to figure out that you can't get through a playoff run with Justin Watson, Marquez Valdez gambling, but uh, enough, enough chiefs rants for right now. We're going to find some winners for week nine. And the headliner for this game is the headliner for week eight, which is William Donald Levis. Uh, and shout out to our old friend, Cody Carpentier, uh, Uh, Now working elsewhere, but used to be a a friend of the program of Player Profiler. um, And Cody and I were some of the two loudest people in the room uh, for this draft class when it came to what is up with Will Levis. And Cody deserves all his flowers um, for pushing this, uh, you know, this agenda live on the Player Profiler draft party. And I remember, uh, you know, Matt and uh, Cody going going, uh, back and forth about the quarterbacks and Cody just outright saying, Will Levis had nothing go right for him in college. He has everything it takes to be a stud in the NFL. Now, it's just one game. We realize that he's not going to throw four touchdowns for a gazillion yards every week. Uh, But I will say this is what we saw in uh, week eight confirms some of our priors. Number one, the arm talent, uh, undeniable. If you look at those, those touchdown bombs, some of them open throws, of course. But is Ryan Tannehill making those open throws? He hasn't been so far, right? And I, I think this is this is also a good time to semi-victory lap right before the Titans by week. Jason Elwine asked me to host Wake and Take, and I went off for maybe three minutes straight on uh, the Tennessee Titans and what they need to do this season. The headliner being you got to start Will Levis. You got to see what he has because Malik Willis, we know, is not the answer. Now we have it. Will Leves is here. Uh, he's starting in Week 9 for sure as well and probably the rest of the season. Uh, this, this about wraps it up um, in terms of where the Titans' future is at quarterback for the time being. But he does face a semi-tough Pittsburgh uh, defense. And, Trevor, just your, your bird's-eye view of this game and maybe describe uh, how tough it is to, to find winners in this. Uh, why lines uh, are maybe so sharp uh, before we start getting into what we've found.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a gross game. It's a, you know, it's a primetime game that I'm just, you know, as I was digging through everything, I'm just like, we're looking for edges, right? We're looking for places, you know, with players that we can try to find what we believe is an edge. And there's just not a lot. There's a lot of unknowns. Obviously we had, you know, pick go down last week. Levis shows up, you know, I hope, as you said, that Levis stays in the rest of the season and gets the reps and that Vrabel, you know, Vrabel's a guy that would anybody like be shocked if he went back to Tannehill? No, like because that's who Vrabel is. I think it would be a terrible decision. Um, the thing I've always liked about Levis is his release. He has that stupid hitch that I don't like, um, but he, but he has his release is so fast. It makes up for that hitch. Uh, that little shoulder hitch he does which is like trying to do a pump fake but that doesn't work in the NFL that that little pump fake needs to stop but again he gets the ball out of his hands so quick i like it there um this game for me is either going to be 13 to 10 or 47 to 42 i don't see either like i don't see the game going either like either way for us and unfortunately underdog has like um what like I can't we can't get Watt sacks like there's some stuff I'd like to see underdog have for this game that we don't have right now but uh, I think we found some stuff that we can produce another winner here uh, actually now as I'm digging into it I like this edge a little bit here and we'll talk about it why but um, as you said uh, yourself and Cody were definitely two believers um, for me it was uh, Levis was a landing spot uh, that mattered so I'm interested to see how they coach him going forward
0: Absolutely. And my Mike Brable to, to me is a is a good coach. And uh like you said, this this kind of game, it's it can be ugly for so many reasons. But one of the reasons is just because it might just be like the the, 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 the two head coaches just outthinking all of us um and doing things that none of us expect. Um right on paper, you look at uh, this matchup, uh you know, people are gonna people were very low on the Titans last week because it wasn't a popular opinion that Will Levis is ready for the NFL. Um, I almost, and I only a, my close friends know this and no because I didn't publicize this anywhere, but I almost picked the Titans for Survivor last week. That's how confident Whoa. I was. Yeah. Well, it's it's week eight. You have to kind of dig in your bag when you've used the 49ers, the Ravens, etc. Kind of have to dig deep in your bag. I was so close to picking the Titans, and then I saw that Malik Willis was going to be rotated in platooned. And I was like, yeah, can't definitely can't do that. You know, I still survived. Uh waited till the lines on Monday Night Football, a little bit sweaty. Uh, but now the the public is starting to be like, okay, maybe Le- Levis is actually legit. Um, uh, and you see where this line has been hovering around on some books. It uh Steelers opened as three-point favorites. Now they're only two and a half-point favorites, and these are two rosters that are both. You know, if, if this was not a primetime game, I wouldn't be necessarily running to the books to bet something in this game. Uh, but uh, the, the pick that I have for underdog is something that I do like, regardless of the fact that it is primetime. Um, so the Steelers are slight favorites in this matchup. The total is 36 and a half. Uh, unsurprisingly, that's the lowest in week nine. Uh, and we're getting this on Thursday. Uh, so the books don't think there's going to be a lot of offense. You know, it's starting to get chilly as well. Um, and we know Will Levis uh, loves to and can air it out. Um, and I'm going to get uh, started with our, our card for for Thursday Night Football with that transition, which is I'm going back to Will Levis and uh, I'm taking his higher 202.5 passing yards. Uh, now, something that, you know, you kind of have to look at when, uh, you know, projections are very low or you know, absurdly high for some reason is why are they set there? And if it's a veteran, like if it's a Patrick Mahomes or if it's a Jalen Hurts or, you know, even if it's a Kenny Pickett uh, where we have seen him in this offense for a decent amount of time, you kind of have to ask yourself, why is this line so low? But I'm not going to overthink this because I think this is just a case of the, you know, the the books and, uh, you know, the pick-em boards, they can't set this line very high Because like it's it's still a rookie in his second NFL start uh, against a defense that has a good reputation. Right. So um, I don't think this line can be set much higher. uh, So I think it's low and I'm just going to keep taking advantage until the books realize that he can throw the ball. Uh, so Levis again, uh, recapping what he can do. So he was the number three in the in the class in athleticism score. He can use his legs a little bit, uh, but I don't think that'll be super necessary uh, or super warranted in this matchup. He's a good athlete, um, you know, with the the 88th percentile uh, burst score, etc. But the arm talent is really where it's at, and we saw he was connecting on pretty much every deep ball to DeAndre Hopkins. And also uh, another thing I liked about Will Levis at his debut is he's using the good players, right? And Chega Conqua was a guy I was very high on this off season relative to ADP just because I thought, well, he's a yak monster. And if at tight end, you can't get the top tier, go get a good athlete. Uh, and I thought that he would get a lot of action in the middle of the field. Chega Conqua was tied for the team lead in, with six targets. So I liked that Will Levis was targeting him. Uh, so, Rueben's did a lot of good things in my book, um, and I can see why. If you look at the player profile projections for this week, Dario and Billy have him projected for 249 passing yards. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been below average in a lot of defensive metrics this year, and it sounds surprising to say, other than the pass rush, which is still you know just slightly above average, you know, thanks to TJ Watt and company. Coverage rating, uh, you know, if you look at PFF coverage grade. The Falcons, who Will Levis faced last week, ranked number nine, and the Steelers ranked number 21. The Steelers also haven't been great at stopping the run, so maybe they work a little more through Derrick Henry, especially with this with this low total, but the books are accounting for that. I think regardless of games, where Will Levis is going to have to pass the ball and take advantage of the fact that the Steelers have given up a lot of big plays. Uh, he can get kind of quarter of the way through this, you know, 30% of the way through this, with just a few passes, that's how good his arm is. And uh, if you believe in the fact that the Titans are going to, you know, actually play from behind this time, and Mike Tomlin's going to play from ahead at home as he should against a rookie quarterback, if you're a believer in that, that's all the more reason to take the higher on this because Will Levis is going to have to pass the ball in a negative game script. Um, perhaps in garbage time, we can we can clear this. So I don't think they could just ride Derrick Henry to the ground here. Derrick Henry is not that kind of a player anymore. Uh, and they don't need to. They're going to see what they have with Will Levis here. I think two two and a half is way too low, uh, and there's a reason we have it projected 249. Uh, I, 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 I've talked a lot, but I've gotten off my chest what I had to say about Will Levis. I don't think we're ever going to see this line at around this 200 mark again.
1: Yeah, I don't see I don't see that being there in the future. Like that would be like super shocking to me. Um, just moving forward. So and what I will say, I'll I'll give people a little bonus here. Um, It's I think it's going to be we're going to see some uh, Mr. Spears action. I can see a couple, you know, couple design uh, uh, passes to him from uh, Levis. Um, I like him. uh, I like Tajay in this game. Uh, I think they start rolling him in more. Um, It'll be interesting to see what they do there.
0: Yeah, I really like the uh, the concept of the the backup running back, especially a backup to a to an aging veteran like like Derek Henry, right? We we attacked Elijah Mitchell a few weeks ago, and he was a backup to not an aging veteran at all, Christian McCaffrey, you know, still in the middle of his prime, uh, but definitely to Derrick Henry, I like the idea of attacking the backup. It's a great call.
1: Yeah, so we got to go to the other side. We got to unfortunately have to pick one from each team, because <laughs> otherwise I would uh, I would probably just stack Tajay and move on. Uh, that being said, um, what don't you do against the Titans? You don't run. So we're not touching Tajay. We're not touching Warren. We're going to the the passing game, and uh, we're actually going to go to George Pickens instead of Deontay. So Deontay coming back has actually been a huge boost to Pickens. Uh, If you go through and really start digging through the data, look at what's happened to Pickens since uh, he came back in week five. Pickens had an dot of only 14, well only, but Pickens had an dot of 14 yards uh, while Deontay was hurt. It's up to 17.7 now that he's back. Why is that? Well, they have to cover Deontay too. They can't just focus on Pickens anymore. Um, He has a staggering 21.5 yards per route run. Um, like that is that's a league leading elite stat. Um, against the Ravens, who are very good in the secondary. I mean, he went six for ten uh for one thirty, and then against the Rams, he went five for eight for one oh seven. Last week, obviously Mitch coming in. I, there's just that wasn't a good game. But that being said, we're seeing an increased uh ability for pickens one to get one on one and two to get open in zone coverage and as we know what do we do we target the titans secondary we do not try to run on them um and then he also is leading the team in yak now uh since deontay's back so those are all things i want to see and i want a, a game where if you know, if we get this right, right. And then Levis is throwing for 250, That means Pittsburgh's trying to play catch up, right? Pittsburgh's trying to keep up with them. And we want that. That means there's going to be more targets for pickings. Uh, we want points in this game. We want, you know, pass rate over expectation. And we, uh, we actually model this line at 70 this week. So if you're going to model it at 70, we got it at 52 and a half. Um, and I like who, he, you know, I like who he's going against this week. Um, He's probably going to see a lot of uh, Montrake Brown, which, um, you know, in that scheme of things, he's uh, he's going to beat him. So uh, as most people have this season and as long as Pickett is 90 percent healthy, I like this line. Um, Hopefully we you know, we get him closer to 100 percent and that gives us some upside in this game unfortunately poor one out for a Rob they took his yards all the way down to 14 and a half otherwise we would be on his lower again
0: yeah I like the the concept of uh going to Pickens here and Tennessee is a, a defense that I've targeted uh before as a, the the past funnel that they are Kevin byard also gone by the way in Philly now so uh, I really like uh targeting uh you know no pun intended I like targeting Pickens here and Pickens is kind of like in the past I've caught it's not a perfect comparison I know Don't quote me on this, but I've kind of called him the Zeke of wide receivers before just because he could be super inefficient um, and still, you know, just run into the end zone once and make fantasy managers, like, somewhat happy uh, when you leave the game. Uh, This is a guy that could just get a couple of big plays out of nowhere, and Tennessee is certainly the defense, that you can do that against – And so we don't even need the volume. We don't need him to to separate all day the way Deontay Johnson does. And you see Deontay Johnson at five receptions and on the Steelers side, I I really, you know, I looked at Trevor asking for help for this because I really didn't want to take anybody on the Steelers. And I was like, you know, all these projections are super sharp, but if I, if I had to lean one way, I would take Deontay Johnson receptions, but it's at five and there's push potential. He needs six to go over and it's tricky. And also I definitely wouldn't be taking his receiving yards because I think that's even sharper. Uh, but but Pickens, uh, I, I like that his receiving yards lower than Deontay Johnson. He doesn't need volume to get there. So I like that approach for sure. Let's lock it in. Uh for, for yeah. half a unit as usual. Um, let's try to go for four straight winners on four straight shows. Uh let's go Levis higher than two hundred and two and a half passing yards, George Pickens higher than fifty-two and a half receiving yards. We are locked and loaded week nine thursday football thursday night football where we also have some questions from chat. uh bjn says thoughts on traylon burks moving forward for will levis i am concerned because uh i i saw you know traylon burks was someone who i thought from I test slash watching college football he was very very good in college uh then we did the breakout finder and we ran the numbers we ran our model and Traylon burks Where no bias when you're running the model right and uh Traylon Burks rated as pretty good, Um, and here we are. Traylon Burks has gone through injuries, has gone through quarterback roulette, um, and two targets, no receptions, with Will Levis airing the ball out, throwing four touchdowns. Massively concerning. Um, I think Traylon Burks is one of those you buy low in Dynasty if you can, and I've given up on him for redraft. What do you think?
1: Uh, I'm in the same boat. So I was actually – I had a lot of Burks last year. Um, helped him best ball, right? He had those, you know, he had some weeks that were really nice. But um, Will Levis went, oh, I have one of the best receivers in football. I'm going to get him the ball because he can separate and he can make insane catches. And he catches everything that is thrown his way as he has his whole career. Uh, I dropped Burks two weeks ago in season long. Um, I I didn't have a ton of exposure this year, but the little bit I had, uh, I went cutthroat on him made an early drop I, i'm a i'm a lot more aggressive when it comes to that than some players um it burns me 10 percent of the time that i cut a guy too soon but a lot of times i'm i'm out like season long i'm trying to turn and burn i want guys for the week um do i hate going after him in dynasty no because what if you know you can get him for nothing right now right you can go get him dirt cheap uh, especially if a guy's got him on a contending team and he's trying to win you can probably get him for a guy with any reasonable playing time and in the off season does he go and work with will and then they develop rapport and is there upside there sure like if if i'm coming from a dynasty perspective i don't i don't hate trying to buy him dirt cheap um you know i but from a redraft perspective, like I said, I mean, I caught him two weeks ago, so he's he's he got thrown on he got thrown back into the ocean on uh, my fantasy teams. Yeah.
0: All, all for buying low on uh, on uh, on talent though, and I think uh and definitely has that uh, when it comes to dynasty. Uh, Jeff says I didn't know you could play only two picks for Pick'em. So if you are new to Pickham's on Underdog, uh, you can play anywhere between two to five picks. And uh, if you play two picks, um, they have to be on uh, on different teams, like we just did. So uh, for example, one Steelers. I mean, y- you don't even have to you don't even have to stay in the same sport, right? You could do uh, one Steelers pick uh, and one. Let's just pick a random NBA thing, right? If you do Two picks, uh, then you have to, uh, you know, hit both. Uh, you you go standard and you hit both. Uh, and if you do uh, multiple, or if you do more than two picks, uh, let's just you know, let's just click on on more. Uh, if you do multiple picks, like four or five picks, uh, then you have the option of doing standard, where you have to hit all uh, of your picks uh, for it to pay out, or you go insured, and then if you miss one, you still profit but the max payout decreases because of that. Uh, Maybe not the best expected value to go that way. Um, But yeah, you can do anywhere between two to five picks. And if you want to tail our picks or make your own, you can join underdog Fantasy using promo code underworld. Uh, We have another question. Would you trade Kenneth Walker for Deandre Swift?
1: That's That's, a tough one. I mean, it's a, what are you gaining out of it? Like for me, that's a, uh, I think roles wise, they both have similar roles, um if you've watched philly's backfield i actually like swift's role a little better right now gainwell hasn't looked great they're not going to use boston scott um i i think swift's kind of cemented himself as the guy for the eagles and he's on what i would consider the better team like whenever i see these kind of trades, i always ask like uh what are you trying to get? And I, if I, you said, Hey, gun to your head, I picked the Swift side right now um, because we see Charbonnet continue to get rolled in um, and they're using him. And we've seen Philly in close games. Now it's the Swift show. Like they figured out, Oh, Hey, we have this really good running back and it was worth the trade we made for him. Um, and he's getting the carries. We've seen him have the breakout games we wanted to see him have with the lions, but um, it's also like there's not this major gap. It's this big, right? For me, it's not like this this huge thing. Um, it depends on what you're looking for and uh, how your team's set up. But if gun to my head, I, I take the Swift side. But it's uh, it's really close for me.
0: Yeah, I would I would agree. Uh, I, I think uh, Kenneth Walker. I mean, you think of well, why would you want to trade an RB for an RB only if the upside is higher? And uh, in a a vacuum, you think of Kenneth Walker's role, and ever since he's come to the NFL, he's been like the guy at the goal line. But now they also have a guy, like you said, they're they're working in a little bit with Charbonnet. And uh, in the case of Swift, the upside is always going to be slightly higher, just because he's on a team that could score seven touchdowns on any given day, um, and you know, two of them could go to Hurts and two of them can go to AJ Brown, and Swift can still score, right? So, uh, for for that reason, I, I will slightly prefer uh, the Swift side, but you could also look at our rankings uh, for that. Uh, and then one final question: uh, two names that uh, are Ooh. despised are despised by certain members of the player profiler family. Uh, I will I will say. I will say, Demario Douglas. I I kind of hate, and not because I'm a Patriots fan. And I don't like him. I actually think he's a, a solid, one of our rare decent players. Uh, but just I don't believe in the. I haven't believed in the Patriots offense all season. Uh, I don't think you can uh, find any situation where. Demario Douglas has the upside where you'll be like, yeah, he's going to go off in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, for that reason, I will take Quentin Johnston just because they have, they did try to force feed him the ball last week. Can he get separation? We haven't seen it yet. No, it looks like. Um, are they trying to force feed it to him in a pass first offense that could be good down the stretch? Yes. So for the upside alone, uh, I will take Quentin Johnston here.
1: I'm actually going to go the other way. Yeah. Um... I think when it comes down to close – I think they did it last week. I think in close games, Herbert's going to go to his safety blankets. Herbert's going to Allen. Herbert's going to Eckler. Herbert's going to go to – listen, he likes Gerald Everett. Parham's been great when he's out. I actually think they're going to start running some more two tight end sets um, with Parham and Everett together Um, because, again, Johnston continues to show us what he's not. For me, it's – I want volume, right? I want to – I want to target volume and now in their situation, uh, I think Douglas is going to get the opportunities. Um, I don't think he's going to break. I I don't think he's going to break fantasy by any means, but I think his floor is better. Um, Just because with born out, they, they're going to throw the ball. Somebody's got, somebody has to catch the ball. Like, They're going to throw for 175 to 250 a game. Somebody has to catch it, right? Uh, And I think it's going to be Douglas. Uh, I would actually, me personally, uh, I would go Douglas uh, on the other side, even though I understand Ahan's thought process, right? Give me the better offense, uh, the guys that are going to be there. For me, it's just I think Douglas is going to end up by like week 12, week 13, surprising some people a little bit, even more like, okay, hey, this this kid's got even a little more upside. Uh, I picked him up last week or week before. I, I stashed him everywhere because I'm like, oh, like, listen, if I, I'm always, here's what I'm looking for, guys on depth. I'm saying, hey, if someone goes down, i.e. Christian McCaffrey, right, I have Mason stashed and I'm not letting him go. There are guys I'll turn and burn, Uh you know, i.e. You know, we just you know, we just talked about that situation. Right. I went and, you know, through somebody that Traylon Burks back in versus Mason White, because if he gets the chance, he's a guy. Now, if Allen goes down, if Eckler goes down, yeah, then Quentin Johnson's got a chance. But I just I don't see that happening. Uh, but those are things I'm, I'm trying to look for handcuff wise.
0: And to give you a sense of how good that question was, uh, they're only separated by a few spots down in the, the late 60s um, in the seasonal rankings. So uh, our analytics team also think that's that's basically a toss-up. Um, and if you want more, uh, you know, start-sit questions for weekly rankings or rest-season questions for seasonal rankings, you can go check out our rankings, right, which right. is in the description. Uh, Trevor, were you going to add to that?
1: Yeah, like basically what they asked was is would I rather – kick like the corner of my bed with like my, my pinky toe or would i rather slam my finger in a door right both
0: morbid be examples
1: because <laughs> that's how i feel about both those players uh I mean, you're not right. wrong but we don't have to say it <laughs> right i mean it's just it's gonna hurt and be painful but you know I, I if you gotta pick one side i'm gonna try to pick the one that hurts less
0: okay then um on that note um Yes. So um, shout out, uh, you know, chef uh, in in the chat uh, says, uh, appreciate you. And we appreciate you for watching once again to recap uh, our show. um, This was the Wednesday show uh, that you're listening to later on, maybe on podcast on Thursday. Um, We just locked in for Thursday night football for week nine. Will Levis higher than 202.5 passing yards and George Pickens higher than 52 and a half receiving yards. And uh, if you want more pickem entries, if you want more betting content, join us in the Discord. Uh, we'll ha- talk some pickems. We'll probably each drop a, a long-shot entry, maybe a five pick uh, on Thursday night, uh, right before uh, kickoff. Uh, once we get, uh, you know, more uh, more projections, maybe. Um, and uh, we'll we'll talk betting in the top best channel as well if you're into that. And if you want to talk sportsbook betting, you can check out the Juice. Uh, on Friday night with Memphis Young, a great uh, betting show there. Memphis has been kind of on fire. He was all over Panthers uh, last week uh, to break their winning streak. Shout out to him for that. And we will be back here for more pickems for the Week Nine Sunday slate, um, same time, but on Friday at four thirty. And that will be the bonus show only streaming on YouTube and Facebook. So make sure you join us for that. But for now, let's try to make it four straight winners on the Pick'em Power Hour with a 2-0 card on Thursday Night Football.
2: Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business.